Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 181. People are a mixed bag, aren't they? I mean, you think you know someone, and then something like, for example, Harry is so easygoing and so helpful, what a kind guy, and then Harry shows you a side that you've never seen before, and you think, wow. I had no idea he was that angry. And it just seems to come out of the blue, you know? There there he is, Harry, so laid back, so easygoing, so helpful. And then it's like, what in the world happened? I had no idea. I had no idea that he, he was even mildly annoyed. No, yeah, this happens all the time, right? Because we don't know the inner struggles. We don't know the private, unshared conflicts people have. And, you know, sometimes there are some people that are much more out there and let you know what's going on and, and, uh, and, and share a lot, and, and often they are easier to get on with. But, you know, for people who keep everything all bottled up inside, by the time we see someone's inner struggle, uh, yeah, it's like we had no idea. By the time the anger shows itself or the disappointment or the hurt or the confusion or the sadness, it is messy in relationships. Such a messy thing. Now, a lot of confusion and conflict and disappointment could be avoided in relationships, whether this is at home or at work or with friends, if we can develop the practice of honesty and vulnerability. And this is what we're going to see in our text today. We're going to look at a passage written by the Apostle Paul, and it's a, it's a great text because we see how honest and how vulnerable he is. It's from the book of Romans, it's chapter 7, and as I was reading through this, it almost sounds a little bit like a confession, as I was reading through it, I thought, you know, uh, if we had more of this in the workplace or in the home setting, in the church setting, anytime people gather together, I think it would really help our relationships because we have here a man who is very, very open about his inner struggles. Now, sometimes we think that, we get the impression, I think, that the Apostle Paul and oh, maybe the disciple John and Lydia and Mary, they all had it much easier than us because they had a lot more faith and some of them actually saw Jesus face to face and it must have been so much easier back in the old days when Jesus was around. Uh, The Apostle Paul would say, no, 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 that's actually not true. That's not true. Life wasn't really easier for us. Now, this is the Paul, by the way, that wrote most of the New Testament. Very, very influential leader in the early church. 
And in this passage today, we have, like I said, what sounds a, a bit like a confession of sorts because he's describing an inner struggle he's having. And it's a struggle that's very, very common to us, to people in general. And it's the struggle of not doing or not living the way that we really want to live. It's like not being the person that I truly aspire to be. There's parts of me that I don't like. And the apostle would say, the truth is, I end up doing what I really don't want to do. This is his confession. I end up doing what I don't want to do. He said, I, I decide to live one way in my mind, and then in my actions, I end up doing the very thing that I don't want to do. So isn't that, this is such a common thing, isn't it? St. Paul's saying, I, I just don't live the way I want to live. Such a common experience. For example, we want to be at peace with ourselves, don't we? We want to be free from anxiety, but we find that there are certain things that trip us up and trigger us. An insecurity we have or a worry we have, and we can get all caught up in a cycle of worry. How easy is that? For us to get into. Very easy, right? St. Paul would say, yeah, I know. I know. This is what I'm talking about in Romans 7. He'd say, I can will what is right, but I just can't do it. Right? I can will what's the right thing. I want to be more patient, but I find myself so impatient with particular people and situations. Or I want to be calmer, but I find myself so irritated in certain situations. Or I want to be more forgiving, but I just can't seem to let go of this. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Well, the apostle would say, yeah, that tension, I completely get it. I completely understand so what happens is, is that when we have tension in our lives, any kind of unsettledness, really, we try and sort it out, right? We like to think about the situation, maybe overthink it, deconstruct the situation with our minds, find, figure it out. Why am I feeling this way? This is what the apostle's doing in chapter 7 of Romans the book of Romans, he's pondering over this problem of why humans tend to act out in destructive, counterintuitive ways. People do things you don't expect. Uh, they make choices that you might think are wrong or foolish or short-sighted. And sometimes uh, our own reactions catch us by surprise. It's like, whoa, that was strange. Why did I react that way? Or why did I say that? I shouldn't have said that. Or written that, because it's easier nowadays to email and text than it is to actually speak to someone face to face. 
So the Apostle Paul is grappling with this, this particular kind of suffering, this inner tension that we have. And, then the, and the reason that he's describing it is because he wants to offer up uh, a different way of living and being. He describes it, he goes into great detail of describing this inner tension that he feels, because it feels like he's stuck, and he's in turmoil. And he describes it because ultimately he wants to give us another way of living and being in this world, something that he has found to be true. So when, when, we, when we feel inadequate, when we feel disappointed in ourselves, when we feel torn, when we're not living the way that we truly want to live, yeah, Romans 7, it's a really good passage because this is what the, the apostle is speaking about. He's saying, yeah, I, 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 this is what I found. I, I'll give you the text. He says, I delight in the law of God, but I don't always obey it. Now, we wouldn't say it that way because we tend not to talk much about the law of God. Of course, he's talking about the commandments. Uh, but he says, you know, I delight. There's a part of me that the commandments make complete and total sense, he's saying. I delight in the law of God, but I don't always do it. He's saying, I can see what's right. I can see what's good. I can see what's true. I, I, I get it. He says, like, for example, one of the commandments is don't covet. Don't waste your time always thinking about the grass is greener on the other side. Just learn to be content with what you have. Well, everybody would agree with the commandment. You see, yeah, that's like a good rule of life. That's a good rule of life, isn't it? Don't covet. Why would you want to waste your time always thinking that you don't have enough. But what the Apostle Paul found and everyone else since then, just because you have a rule or a commandment or just because you agree with something doesn't stop you from doing it, right? So you can agree with something and say, I think that this is a good statement. It is not good to spend your life always thinking the grass is greener on the other side. I think that this is a good commandment, don't covet. But you still might live in that space quite a lot of the time, right? So what the scripture teaches is, and uh, the apostle Paul teaches, is that rules or commandments don't make you a better person. All they do is show you where you've gone off track, right? You see, we think that if I have a set of rules to follow, it will make me a better person. Well, the problem is, is that we can't follow the set of rules, right? That's the problem with rules. We can't do them very well. Even people who try really, really hard to keep rules find they can't always do them perfectly. And that's a problem. That's a problem. And the apostle notices this. He says, yeah, you know, I've noticed this. I delight in the law of God, but I find 
I see in, in my body another law at work, the law of my mind. He's saying, my mind's going against my best interest. He's saying, I know that God's way is the best way for me. I want to be honest. I want to be content. I don't want to be worried all the time. I want to be a faithful, loving, compassionate spouse. I want all these good things. I agree with all these good things. But you know what? Sometimes there's something going on in my head that works against my best interest. My mind has a mind of its own, he's saying. There's a war going on in my mind. There's a battle in my head. It's driving me crazy, he says. It's, it, I, I need help, he's saying. I need rescued, actually, the apostle uses the word. Who will rescue me from this body of death, he says, very dramatically. Because he's obviously a very dramatic kind of person. You might not say it that way. But I think that we've all felt this, that there is at times, some more than others, it's like my mind is going against my best interest and my mind has a mind of its own and it feels like a war. It feels like a war. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do the right thing. Well, here's the thing. If trying to do better was enough, we'd all be better by now because we've all tried. If you worry a lot, you've tried not to. If you're angry a lot, you've tried not to. If you're unforgiving, yeah, you've tried to be more forgiving. If you lack courage... You've tried to be braver. Most thoughtful people try pretty hard, right? So it's not the trying that's the problem. It's the thinking that's the problem. The apostle teaches. So that's the big problem for the apostle Paul. And like I said, in his own dramatic way, when he's at the peak of this experience, he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me, who will rescue me from this body of death? And that body, that word there, Sarx, is what we call the ego. Who will, it's the ego, it's the part of our personality that keeps us stuck whether it's a consciousness or an unconscious, at an unconscious level, we just get stuck doing the same things over and over again, not helping, on the hamster wheel. And you know what I want to point out here is, because I love this, the apostle doesn't say, what will rescue me from this ego? What will rescue me from this body of death. He says, it's not a what, it's a who. And I think this is really, really important for us. It's a who. It is personal. It's personal. So again, you might not express your struggle the way that the Apostle Paul did 2,000 years ago. You might say things like, 
I'm miserable. I wish I didn't wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning worrying about this. Or I have a decision to make and I really don't know what to do and I'm going back and forth and I'm going back and forth and it's driving me crazy. Your mind might say, if I, if I try this, I, I just don't, I, I'm not going to try it. I think I'll fail. Or if I reach out, I'm not going to reach out. I'm not going to do this again because I'll probably be rejected. These are all ways of thinking that aren't particularly helpful, right? If I were a better parent, my kids would be so much happier. Or if I were a better person, my marriage wouldn't have failed. Um, if I didn't have this inadequacy, this low self-esteem or this lack of contentment, all these things that we keep telling ourselves. Yeah. By the way, the top five things that people worry about, you can guess what they are. Top five things are health, our relationships, our money, the future, and job security. So most people are going to be thinking about, not necessarily in helpful ways at all, I might add, they're going to be thinking about mulling over on the hamster wheel. They're going to be worried about their health, their relationships, their money, their future, and their job security. Now, we don't know what the Apostle Paul was worrying about, but we do know that it felt like it was a war within within himself. He felt like this tension was like a war. And it was so strong, a war, it was so strong, a conflict, an inner conflict, that he says, who will rescue me? Who is going to help me? And of course he answers, because he's leading up to this the whole time, he leads up to the answer. He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. I have found relief in all of this. I have found, it's like, okay, well, Paul, tell us your secret. How? What's going on here? What is it? He's saying, no, no, I have found a way forward. Who's going to rescue me? Number one, I am not in this myself. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. There is the one who holds the universe together on my side and for me, not against me. That's huge, by the way. That is huge. For any kind of spiritual, emotional growth to happen, we have to learn to pay attention to, to observe our thoughts and our thinking. And God can help us with this. We're not in this alone. This isn't just about you and your therapist. Nothing wrong with having a therapist. That's a great thing, right? This isn't just about you and your spiritual director or you and your spouse or just you and you. There is one who is there, the one who put you together is there helping you do this. Automatic pilot thinking isn't helpful. Why? Because we can be wrong. 
Why is automatic thinking not helpful? Because we often tell ourselves things that are not true. We are always very limited in the way that we think. That's why if you know someone very well, you can finish off their sentences because they've already told you these things. We're often very repetitive in our thinking, like a hamster on a wheel. What if there's other factors that we haven't considered? Now, the Apostle Paul gives us insight into his thinking. He's saying, I do one thing, but I do something else. He's given us the thought pattern. So he's saying, I want to do one thing. I want to live one way, but I do something else. I do something that I don't want to do. That's a very common state, state to be in. Like we said, it could be anything. We don't know what the apostle's struggle was. Maybe he wanted to be more patient. Maybe he wanted to be less angry. Maybe he wanted to be not so judgmental, not so controlling, not so anxious. So the apostle would say, yeah, 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 I know this. I've experienced this. Until I saw the role my thinking played. God, it's like God gave me insight into this. God gave me insight into this. It's like, Paul, the only way you're ever going to change is by beginning to start to tell yourself the truth. And you are not always telling yourself the truth. Or, or better still, you know, start listening to what God says about yourself and your future and your struggles and your relationships because our way of thinking doesn't always lead to life. So he's saying like, well, who's going to help me? Who's going to rescue me? What's going to happen to me? I can't change. It's like, yeah, yeah. God can help you change the way that you're thinking, but for the, our work in all of this is just becoming aware of what we're, what we're telling ourselves. I mean, I think that's step one. Step one is become aware of what we're telling ourselves that is bringing us down. Because you have to become aware of it first before you can start to question it, before you can start to tell yourself the truth. But that would be the, the number one step. Like it's always good to just start with just only one step when you're trying to make some changes because these changes are very slow in coming, very slow uh, for most of us. So you can only start with one step. And the first step would be, okay, just become aware of what you're thinking. Because once you become aware of it, then you can start to say, is that true? Is that true, God? Am I telling myself the whole truth here? And you're going to see something. As soon as you get to that level of being conscious of what's going on on the inside, a whole new world will open up, and it's going to feel like a rescue. So there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. We want to get to the rescue part, right? It's like, God, help, help me to see where my thinking is either wrong or limited. It's just not, it's just not right. Help me to see what is true. 
Reveal your truth to me. Yeah, there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.